On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, Kelly and I are going to talk about the end of the Rockets season. We're going to talk about the search for a new coach and what lies ahead. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream. The MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row. That's a rhythm. Triple-double rust, man. I need you to acknowledge he don't do this for the optics, man. He do this for the rock, kid. Welcome to a new Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel. With me, as always, is my man, Kelly Eco, who's on the ground, working his butt off, finding all the leads and everything we can possibly find out about what's going to happen to the Rockets. But before we do that, because we're not in as big of a rush, I can ask, Kelly, how you doing? What's up, Mo? I'm doing good. Doing great today. We're going to have to talk about Game 5. I'm sorry. Uh, Not quite the fight or energy they think that uh, we were expecting to see in Game 5. What? What stood out to you in, in that game? I think game five to me was just um, <clears throat> the overwhelming submission of Houston to the Lakers' defensive game plan. Um, typically, when you, you talk about a 1-4 series, um, obviously the one seed is you know, the favorite. But if you're going off of internal expectations from Houston, uh especially considering the fact that the Lakers and Clippers were the teams to beat, you know, coming into the playoffs, the Rockets wanted the Lakers. They they felt they had a better chance against them. And it's funny because now I think they would have had a much better chance against the Clippers. Um, <laughs> but that's for another day. But just game five to me was just the Rockets just giving up. Like simple as that. They they fought. They came in with, with the energy. They talked about all the things they wanted to do in game five, energy, you know, intensity, defensive effort. And in three minutes, they were down 13 to two. Four more, four minutes later, they were down 33-11. Like, the it, Lakers just took the win out of their sails completely. Um, and it was a, you know, two to force for four games, you know, from the Lakers' perspective. They just completely befuddled the Rockets. They confused the Rockets. They frustrated the Rockets. And you saw all of that emotion spilling out uh, in Game 5. Yeah, and I think a lot of the stuff we said that happened in Games 3 and 4 continued to happen in right. Game 5. Although they got more threes up this time, it really just wasn't a, a thing. The Lakers came out and just said, this thing's over. And they and right. they left no doubt. They just said it from the very beginning. They, you know, put their foot on the gas and, and just ran through everybody. In, on the Rockets, and I think that's kind of the thing. It was funny, though. Um, do you remember before this series started, though, Kelly? Do you remember our predictions? Oh, yeah. Oh, hashtag Mo was right. Yeah, buddy. Hashtag Mo. I, look, I did not see. I had no idea. If you would have told me the Rockets would lose four games in a row after how game one looked, I would have called you crazy. But... Credit to the Lakers, and at the same time, you know, how disappointing is it for Houston to just collapse like that? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're you're burying the lead here. I was right. 
Okay. <laughs> Mo, 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 Mo was right. Hey, give me That's the, the end of the podcast. The Talk to time, y'all later. For the, for the first time. Don't do that. I've been right many times. We've got receipts of you saying I'm right. So don't act yeah. like this. But you tried to um, act like it was a. You, no, you, it, it was, was a it bold was, prediction. I mean, it was, it, it but was, like it. It, was, it was a huge, it was a huge call you made. But you know, obviously, you saw something, you know, the others didn't, including mis- including me. Like I, I had no idea. I thought this was going six or seven. I yeah, <laughs> but let's 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 because um, I know how much our listeners love me. Let's get back <laughs> to being on track. And uh, you know, you were saying though about how disappointing it was for the Rockets before I rudely interrupted you. Yeah, like it's when you look at it. Everything that they did this year, everything they talked about, coming off of last season's Game 6 you know, collapse at home, the expectation was that things would be different. You know, They made the trade for Russell Westbrook. Uh, they changed the team to fit D'Antoni's image. You know, He went down playing his style of play. But this is now the fourth year in a row you know, the Rockets are losing short of expectations, the third and four years in which they've lost in the second round. At some point, you kind of have to look internally and like, what's going on? Every year is a different story, obviously. You know, 2017, it was the Ginobili block. 2018, 19, it was the 27 mysteries. In 2019, it was the fourth quarter collapse. This season was different. It was just a series in which the Lakers were just better. Like, they're just the better team, and there were no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And and this is this was the series, I think, we kind of said this was going to be the referendum on small ball. And it's not small ball as much as it's extreme small ball. And I think it was. I think this kind of showed you, like, yo, you, you kind of need to have a big man. You don't have to necessarily play in the post or anything like that. But you can't get beat on the boards as badly as they were. You can't just kind of... It's just exhausting to play small ball, extreme small ball is, is the way I like to call it with the Rockets, you know, because you're so dependent on making sure you make shots. And it's like we said last podcast, I don't think anybody was prepared for somebody to take away those shots, you know. And I think ultimately what I think the, the Rockets have to look at, and we'll get into the coaching and, and everything, I think they need to take a long look, Kelly, at the philosophy of we're hunting for threes, free throws and layups, you know, and, and I think it's not that you got to live in the mid range, but you got to be willing to take those shots. And because we know they're not really willing to, I mean, there are times where guys will catch it wide open for a mid range baseline shot. And it's not like the, the best shot. I know the efficiency. I know the numbers. I believe me, Seth part now hammers me on them all the time. But if I know you're not going to take that shot, I don't have to worry about it. And I think that's the problem with the philosophy. And I think that's something they need to kind of tweak a little bit. It should be we want these are the shots we want, but we're okay with some of these other shots, you know, from time to time. And and depends on who's taking them, right? Because we don't need to see Russell Westbrook shoot a pull-up mid-range jumper anymore. Like, we know that's not a good shot. But if somebody, if Tuck catches it, on the baseline and it's wide open, he might need to just shoot that instead of trying to take two steps back to get the three or drive and kick and things like that. Like, I don't know if that's the the plan. I think sometimes the shot you get that's open is, is the shot you should be taking. And I think ultimately for me, that's the first place I think the Rockets really got to start is look at 
that philosophy because I I just don't think it, it almost got them to the championship. You know, two different. I mean, to basically the the series where they missed twenty seven threes, but it's just like it's just that philosophy to me. It's just not something I feel like that's sustainable and can work for a long period of time. Right, and it's also an over reliance on that plan A. You know, for four years now. They've downplayed the importance of, I guess, having a plan B. You know, citing that the math and the analytics pointed to plan A, you know, being the way to go. But when you look at small ball and where they are trying to reference it from, you know, the the Hampton Five or the Golden State Warriors, that was skill ball. You know, all five of those guys could do things with the ball in their hands. You know, apart from just staying stationary, you know, in the corners on the wings. You know, the Rockets small ball, every time Harden was doubled, most times it was a problem. They they either couldn't create for themselves, they either couldn't create for others. Um, And the Lakers kind of fed into that, understanding that, yes, it's a four-on-three advantage, but they're going to trust their length and rotations to account for those gaps and, and, and mismatches. So I think going forward, the Rockets will have to find more skilled players, you know, Guys that can operate with the with the ball in their hands, and a lot of it also is, you know, House wasn't playing, you know, and that's a big part of their their depth in terms of how they want to spread the floor and how they want to attack certain things. But going forward, they'll need more players that can actually handle the ball and and make smart plays in those situations because the threes are always not going to be there. And we saw the Lakers; they actually they dried up. Three games, they they shot less than forty threes a game. Um, and for a team that relies on the math and variance so much, that's a recipe for disaster. Especially if you're taking 33s and the most will come from Russell Westbrook. You know, it's it's like you're right. working backwards. And I said it before, like you're, it's counter it's counterproductive. Yeah, and that's been the issue for them. I think you know the 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 constant search for finding guys too. It's it's been tough you know and and Covington was a great pickup they went small they did all that stuff and it was let me just put this way it was a fun ride but it wasn't something I never thought that could lead to a championship but let's get into it right away Kelly because uh coach D'Antoni didn't waste any time (laughs) (laughs) uh they lose on Saturday by Sunday he releases a statement basically saying thanks for the good times I'm not coming back. And, you know, part of it might have been like, I'm dumping you before you can dump me type thing and whatnot. But I think there was just, there's a lot of interesting jobs out there. I think he kind of, that might pique his interest there a bit. And I think he's sort of seen the the run that the, the Rockets have might be, uh, be close to the end or he just might not be the guy. What was your reaction on Sunday when it was like, yo, I'm out? I mean, the, the the nature and timing was kind of odd to me. You know, I thought that there would at least take maybe two or three days to talk things over and, you know, come to some kind of agreement. But, you know, give credit to where it's due. Mike D'Antoni took control of the situation. He didn't allow Houston to, I guess, dictate what was going to happen. He was proactive. He saw that the championship window was vastly closing. Um, these guys aren't getting any younger. Um, they, a number of them are injury prone. You know, it's 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 hard to win in this league, and Mike D'Antoni should know that better than anybody. You know, he's been in different situations 
no, with Phoenix, with with um, Houston, just trying to compete at the highest level. And it's hard. Now, where you wanted to talk about is, you know, the nature and how it went down. Obviously, the big 2019, you know, debacle with how it went public and messy and people regretting things and having to go to meetings in West Virginia and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, Mike is the winningest coach in Rockets history. He did a lot of great things for this team. He brought them a different style. He brought James Harden, MVP, Eric Gordon, the sixth man of the year. Different accolades for different people. Developed Clint Capella to, you know, a good NBA starting center. Um, And also, he also improved other players' quality of life. You know, people like Gerald Green, people like Ben McLemore, people like Jeff Green, whose careers had kind of stalled for a bit. So while you can say, you know, People, people will criticize Mike D'Antoni for, you know, the rotations or not, you know, adjusting enough to the Lakers or stuff like that. But all in all, I think he was the best coach for this style. And if Houston wants to continue playing this style without Mike D'Antoni, is a big mistake. It's tough. It's tough. And I'm still waiting for those wrinkles, Kelly. We were promised wrinkles. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, we saw one wrinkle Harden playing 40, 48 minutes. Yeah, well, that's that's the other thing. Um, the the thing would you said it right about everything about D'Antoni. I'm probably not going to pile in much more, except that hey, this is the type of team that only he could really coach. I think this is small ball is kind of his baby, and this extreme small ball is definitely his his child. So I think that's really an important thing to factor. What are you thinking in terms of who might replace him? We've heard already Sam Cassell. We've heard Ty Lue. Uh, what are some names you're hearing? Uh, granted, it's very early in the process, but what do you think is going to be uh, a couple of guys that are going to be we should start kind of studying? Also, consider Jeff Van Gundy, Jeff Van Gundy, uh, Chris Finch. You also have to look at, the coach, the coaches on staff already are they going to be given a chance to interview? You know, uh, the Rockets assistant coaches they have the names are blanking me right now. John Lucas, uh, John Lucas, uh, Coach Turner. Yes, Elston Turner. Um, um, but I want to I want to mention Gunning. just to remind everybody about Chris French real quick. This is a guy that's come up through the Rockets organization. You know, he w- coached the G League team. You know, has been through the, the the whole thing. There's a lot of familiarity with him within the organization. I think that's a really interesting name um, that that might kind of pique their interest a bit. You know, ultimately, I think the I think you're right. I think the assistant coaches are going to get interviews. This is going to be an interesting hire they go to because whoever they hire, then they got to start figuring out the roster. But you know. Do you have an idea of when there might be a timeline? Again, this is we're recording on a Monday, and this this all happened yesterday, so it's still really early. Do you have any idea of any feel for anything? No, I think a situation like this, because it's so important, this is going to be a new era of Rockets basketball. I think it'll be wise to take their time. I think we've seen in other teams where they've kind of rushed with these decisions and not do a good job of playing the field. I think Daryl Morey and Tillman Fertitta will be very hands-on in this this new search because 
Granted, and also we, we, we not just Mike. I mean, you also have to evaluate Daryl Morey too, right? If, if you're ownership, um, but assuming he's there, um, he's going to have a pretty, and they want to play this style of play. Obviously, the, the, the numbers and the, the, the cap space doesn't allow you to have much flexibility because of the moves you've already made in the past. Wink, wink, Eric Gordon. But um, I think that whatever style they're going to play, which is small ball, or if they tweak it, it's going to be very, very key that they get somebody who, whose vision aligns with Daryl Morris. Um, I don't think the Rockets are going to change their style anytime soon. They obviously might, you know, want more mid-ranges or a bit more. And we, and we heard Mike D'Antoni say that after game four, saying, you know, him kind of realizing that, look, the mid-range is there and it's a good and it's open, take it. <laughs> obviously, the math says we want threes and layups, but a mid-range is still a makeable shot. And I'm not sure why people kind of throw that shot away completely. But anyway. Um, yeah, I just think that whoever the coach is going to be, it's going to take some time. I think it would be wise to to do a thorough search. And I think the 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 key thing there, you said, I honestly, I I won't be surprised if it's Chris Finch. Like I'm just throwing it out there. I have no sources, nothing else, but just kind of if they're going to bring Daryl Morey back and 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 he's he's going to continue to run the show i think he's going to be it's going to be a guy like that it's somebody he knows somebody he trusts aligned with the system i think that's going to be that'd be my bet if i had to bet money today no sources nothing i'm just reckless speculation uh which i like to do from time to time and usually i'm right remember game five prediction uh Oh man! Yeah, no, <laughs> Kelly. I'm going to be a pain in the ass <laughs> for a while. No, with this but I, I I agree with you with with Finch. Um, it's somebody. It's an easy. It's an easy hire, you know. He's, if you want somebody who knows the system and can quickly acclimate himself, where I want to see is, can he garner the respect of you know the players, James and Russ? Can he garner that respect? In the locker room, can he be a strong voice? You know, Mike D'Antoni was always an easygoing guy, as far as coaches go. But he had his he had his moments where he you know rage. He had his moments where he'll have to you know put his foot down. Um, but yeah, I, I think whoever it is, Chris Finch or whatever, because I think Sam Cassell. I mean, if, is that a Maury guy? Can he become a Maury guy? Like that's the that's the problem. Is Jeff Van Gundy is he a Maury guy? No. Can he can he become a Maury guy? I, I don't oh, think he so. wor- he worked with them. I mean, they they yeah, have that he, history, but it's not. Yeah, it, but he it, wasn't a Maury guy. Like right. he wasn't a, you know, I'm taking only threes. Like and, and and you can tell his style by how he you know calls games. You know, like, right? That's, that's It'll be. Not, it, I would I wouldn't read too much into how he calls games and how it, I think his coaching style will change when he's. Doing that stuff, I don't know how much, but well, well, I think I'm saying because obviously the way Mark Jackson and them call games, at times you'll see their personal thoughts come into, you know, they can't they can't help it. At times they they get their personal thoughts in mixed in with the you know the game commentary, but I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be very interesting. 
And before we dive into maybe some of the other things we're going to look forward to with the Rockets, here's a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Tass Mellis from No Dunks on The Athletic. As the great philosopher Brian of the Backstreet Boys once said, Everybody, yeah, hydrate your body, yeah, everybody, hydrate your body, right? Hydration's back, all right! We all know we have to stay hydrated. I've used an app, a big water bottle, post-it notes, and proper hydration is extremely important right now. It can really help your immune system. Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. I like using Liquid IV when I hit that afternoon lull. Instead of grabbing a coffee, I grab one stick of the lemon-lime, put it in my water, and I get the energy boost I need without dehydrating my body and getting dry mouth. It's win-win because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Oh, my mate Lily would love it. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks with no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Okay, Kelly, the season's over now. We know we're looking for a coach. But there's going to be a lot of questions that are they're going to have to answer up ahead. And it's basically, how do you change this roster when you have very little flexibility? Um, it's, it's, it's a million-dollar question, really. They're, they're kind of hamstrung for, for cash at the moment. Um, and part of that is because the crazy extensions they gave um, in the past. Like, it's a lot of money on the table. It's a lot of money committed to, to guys who aren't, you know, getting you over the hump. So you have to look at guys like Eric Gordon, who's making $60 million guaranteed over the next three years. You have to look at guys like Tuck, who, who will want to get paid, who want to make upwards of $10 million, $12 million. You have to look at guys like Russell Westbrook, who are making, what is it, $35 million, $40 million? Yeah, that, you, you, it's staggering. The numbers are staggering. I don't know if you, you can trade Westbrook at this point. I would be very impressed. And not that, I mean, listen, Daryl has pulled some amazing stuff out of his hat, you know, and, and, and made some trades when we thought things weren't really possible. But I just don't think there's going to be a market for Westbrook, you know, and I don't think they're going to trade James. So I think it's it's they have to find ways to improve this roster one way or another. And the other thing, too, is they're going to have to find some sort of big man. It doesn't have to be an amazing big man or anything like that. But they need and they to try. Like the, <laughs> they need somebody serviceable. And that was, sorry to cut you off, but that was the biggest thing they did right after that Clint Capella trade. If you remember, they had right. like a window. Um, and I talked to a couple guys on the team, and they, they had some names up there that they were trying to get. But 
they didn't come to fruition. And I wonder if they go back for those guys, you know, you know, in in, in the offseason. Because uh, they need somebody. It doesn't have to be Capella light, but it needs to be somebody that's, that can get a rebound for Chris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, there was, I think it was game four, right? It was like three or four possessions in a row they gave up an offensive rebound that led to a bucket for the Lakers. I mean, that stuff's just deflating. I mean, I, James even said it in his post-game press conference about just how kind of you play good defense and then give up an offensive right. rebound and it's deflating. Right. And I just think my biggest concern is I just don't know how they make that adjustment, especially if they're not going to be willing to go into the tax, right? Like, you already have big money invested into James. You have big money invested into Russ. You know, uh, you put a lot of money into Eric. Like, these are guys, it's it's going to be an interesting scenario. Like, I think this offseason is going to be a very active trade market, so there'll be opportunities for them to jump in. But I just... There's going to be a lot of guys that are going to get moved. Like this, there's going to be some guys that were very friendly faces in the locker room. People, you know, Rockets fans have grown to love who I think are going to end up being gone. Yeah, it's just something that has to happen if you want. If you really want to make change and move forward into a new era, a new culture, or something like that, you're going to have to make those tough decisions. It comes with the job. As yeah, simple as that. It, it it becomes really challenging in this scenario, and I just don't know. Man, and it's tough because they've given up so many assets. They've traded out first-round pick after first-round pick. Right. You, you know, sent out two to get Westbrook, you know, when, when they shipped Chris Paul out. So, you know, it just becomes a very challenging and daunting task. So a lot lies ahead for the Rockets in terms of what they're going to have to do and, and how they're going to build. A new team, but uh, it's going to get really interesting, Kelly, real quickly. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? I, I know you got a piece dropping any minute with uh, your 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 favorite Sam Amick and you t- tag team. Uncle, Uncle Sam. Yeah, Uncle yeah. Sam. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, I, I, I didn't know if I could. Um, <laughs> you can say it. Well, you know, uh, Uncle Sam and and folks, I highly recommend. Jumping in, and if you're not a subscriber to the Athletic, subscribe now. We got a promotion. It's a dollar a month, people. Dollar a month. That's not even a coffee. Honestly, it's a hash not. brown. It's a hash brown. Is it? I thought hash browns. Maybe in LA, hash browns are a little more expensive. But it's not even. I mean, it's it doesn't cost you anything, folks. It's a dollar a month for an annual subscription. You get to read all of Kelly's work. He does great pieces here. He tags teams with Sam Amick and talking about how the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni ended up at this divorce. And we have a cool new app, you know, front page, the whole new design looks really nice and neat, interactive with, with writers and fans. Um, just check it out. Yeah. You can yell at Kelly on the app. I highly recommend oh, doing you yell it. at me. I'm so, I'm so pleasant. Eh. Uh, <laughs> like yelling at Mike D'Antoni. And also I want to say one more thing about Mike. Um, I am going to miss those uh, those conversations. Mike is a great human being, first and foremost. Um, it was a pleasure being around him for two years. I learned a lot about the game, just talking to him, hearing how he thinks. Uh, it's amazing when you sit in so many press conferences with people, you kind of learn how they are and how they operate. And Mike was always someone who just loves the game. He doesn't get too high or too low. Um, he just he's, he's level-headed. And I think wherever he goes, it's going to be to an organization that respects that and values that 
and he'll be able to improve the quality of life with those players there. So uh, thank you, Mike D'Antoni, and uh, best of wishes. Yeah, and, and I, he'll be coaching somewhere next year. So you'll get to see him at some point, Kelly, with a press conference. And, you know, he can talk about how great you look in your turtleneck. That's facts. All right. On that note, because that was, that was one compliment too many for you. For, <laughs> for Kelly Eco, for Andrew Schleck, for me, Mo DeKeel, we out. <laughs>